We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here. Let me tell you something about my bookie. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy to use. I'd recommend this to you because you know what? You got the tournament coming up tonight. It's it's concluding. You got the NBA playoffs coming up. And you got the Masters coming up. So you play, you win, you get paid. If you join now, my bookie will match your positive dollar for dollar. Just enter the promo code armchair25 to activate it. Visit today, man, and get paid. And if you create your account with that promo code, you can claim to a thousand bucks in free play. So check it out, you guys. Go to my bookie. It's M Y B O O K I E. Welcome in. It's another Panther Rants podcast. And yes, Pitt is bringing sexy back. As of as of yesterday, they brought back the old color scheme. The one we've always loved and the one we never hated. Welcome in, you guys. Blot Harris here again. And yes, yesterday was the reveal. And it was a pretty sexy reveal. I mean, a lot of... It's hard to rank all these jerseys because they're all great. I mean, you got football, basketball, your obvious ones. They look awesome. The Olympic ones look really good. I mean, you got the wrestling ones look, look awesome. I doubt I'll ever wear, wear, wear one piece. You know, if, I mean, if I did, I mean, I probably would throw that on. I mean, that looks that looks pretty hot. And um, soccer, soccer ones look really good. The track ones look awesome. They all they all look good. I mean, I can, I can, I can see myself wearing a pit soccer, you know, a pit uh, soccer shirt. You know, I can go, I can go to the uh, soccer pub that's down the street for me and act like you know I'm, I know what I'm talking about. But um, it was nice to see you guys sharing your pictures of, of all the swag you were buying. The hats look nice. I may end up buying a hat again. I haven't bought a hat. I don't think I've worn a hat in about six, six, five or six years. My last time was a Yankee hat, and that's all I ever wore. It was always good luck for me, but after I after I crossed over thirty with kids, I decided it was time to retire from wearing hats and uh, you know fo- you know sports jerseys. Although some of you guys do do that, but I'd rather go for the old 
old dad look where I'm wearing a, uh, a a sports polo and maybe some khaki shorts with the you know with, with with a belt buckle and maybe some white tennis shoes. Yeah, and I oh oh I need and plus I need the Oakleys. I gotta have the Oakleys. And if I'm wearing a hat, maybe maybe something you know that's kind of like a denim type of hat. I don't know. If, I don't know. Oh, a visor. Definitely gonna need a visor because I, I gotta have the dad look. You know, where I, you know I look like I have to go pick up my kids after the football game at some at some birthday party or whatnot. But uh, Heather even said herself that uh, there's no going back to the old Kellers. This is it. And, you know, I had a buddy who you who you know over a decade ago he went to Pitt. And he I guess he had a fans for script type of uh, web page and he has some momentum and I think he even met with the uh, someone from the AD about the um, about the whole branding and basically it was like talking to a robot it was pointless for him and he got mad and transferred out of Pitt not too long after that but I think it wasn't so much because of the you know the whole jersey you know the whole color scheme thing but at the time we were still you know yeah we just got back to Pitt because we were we went from Pitts, Pitt to Pittsburgh and back to Pitt thanks to Dave Wanstat. But uh, yesterday was a good day, and hey, keep Heather like here for life. Now we do have the spring game come up on Saturday, and I just put it back on again, and there it goes again. I have a new, I, have, I bought, I got a new laptop back in December and around the holidays, and you know what? I really, I'm really not liking this these new touch pads. Make because I'm old school, but it's 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 you know you know remember remember the IBM laptops where you had the touchpad. Well, you had that one little one little button you used for your cursor. Remember you moved around and like you had, you had the two buttons, but below you had the actual touchpad, but it had two buttons below for the left and right click. Now they make the touchpads now where it's one big touchpad and you, you everything is done with clicking and whatnot, and it's. I hate this. I hate the seats, but it's a pain in the ass. I wish IBM would stop trying to be like Apple all the freaking time. You know, just stop. All right, enough of the tech techie crap. As you know, Pitt has their spring game coming up, and and one thing we have to talk about here is well. We'll talk more in depth about this on probably on either Thursday or after the spring game, but a lot of stuff that's up for grabs here. For one thing, the running back position is up for grabs because you lost your two top players to graduation. Quadriolis and Darren Hall are, are gone. And, you know, you also have the receiver position as well that's still up for grabs because there's really there's there's never there hasn't really been a clear-cut favor for receivers. I mean, Maurice French is obviously going to have the number one spot because of what he did last year. But two things—it's because of two things. One, we really didn't have much of a passing because the quarterback play wasn't all that good, and one, two, the play calling wasn't good. But our, our another guy I should mention is well, Taysier Mack. So I'm really, you know, so. For wide receiver number three or whatnot, those positions are up for grabs. And you know, last year we had some transfers with receivers, just because 
a lot of our starters were out due to injury. I remember for that spring game, and the, the passing game was lethargic because nobody really stepped up in that you know in, in that instance. You know, we could, I think we sh- I think we should have realized then that the passing game was going to be very problematic then, and we really didn't because of what happened the Miami game where it looked so good, and then the spring game it just looked really bad. But um, you got Taysier Mack coming back. You got Maurice French, so you got your two. You got your two receivers right there off the bat. You know, you know one guy we lost was Rujo Lopes, and he was pretty good. It's just we didn't get, we didn't get the ball enough, and if we did, it was these stupid short passes. I mean, Taysom Max obviously your deep threat, but we still got Aaron Matthews, and uh, we got Shocky Jockey. We got those two guys, and I'm sure, you know, hopefully we've got some more guys stepping up. And obviously we need some sort of help at the tight end position as well, so I'm not sure how they're going to shore that up. But, you know, off the bat, there you go. There's, there's you know, some areas, you know, we have to look at. The passing game, I definitely think we should look at still with the quarterbacks. I know we have Kenny Pickett, but with Kenny Pickett, we don't know what we have yet, and we. I think it's. I think we have to see how he's developed so far with this new offense, and probably keep an eye on some other guys as well. In terms of defense, I mean, obviously Dwayne Hendricks is a big loss, but um, you know, I think it's you know Elijah Zeiss. But I think you know overall, I mean, we're gonna have a good defensive unit coming back, and after what the progress we saw last year. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, um, I should say, optimistic about it. Who wouldn't be? Okay, moving on to some other stuff. We had some, you know, some stuff on the Friday news dump that, uh, you know, maybe contradicted what I had on the podcast for Thursday. Of course, I talked about why Jamie Dixon, the UCLA, made sense. And of course, he's an F, and what I mentioned was, of course, if the when the ink dries, and of course, the ink never dried in this case because there was never anything going on with it, because near Sock had come to a buyout agreement. TCU was going to stand by the whole eight million, and UCLA wasn't willing to pay eight million to, to bring Jimmy Nixon to uh, California. And obviously, Jamie was involved in this, and obviously this is pretty awkward for him because now he has to go back to TCU and stay there. And this is not the first time this happened with TCU. Back in the early 90s, Pat Sullivan was the football coach at TCU. He took them to their first Southwest Conference title in the early 90s for the first time in, like, decades. He tried to go to UCLA or I'm sorry, LSU, I'm sorry. He was going to go to, he, he wanted the LSU job. And LSU would not pay his buyout from TCU. And guess how much that buyout was? $400,000. So LSU could not buy out Pat Sullivan for $400,000. Think about that. In, in 2019, because this was like 1992, I believe. Now that's nothing. Yeah, I believe it was early nineties. It was early, early to mid nineties. But think about that. 
400, a $400,000 buyout that LSU could not pay. That's nothing now. But as soon as this was released, on the same, not too long after that, TC, I guess, on, you know, released the announcement that uh, Jamie Dixon was staying at TCU. And according to the AD, you know, Jamie met with him at, at his house that the night before Friday and said he was staying at TCU. I'm not really sure what to think of this. Really, it doesn't really matter anymore because he's not going to be the coach. But if I had to take a lucky guess, Jamie probably realized that this wasn't going to happen because if, if they agreed to it, you know, then and there, it wasn't it, they were ever could going to agree with it. He probably realized, you know what, I'm just going to stay where I'm at because it's better for PR. Or maybe the AD told him that night that, hey, <laughs> we're not going to come to agreement on your terms. So this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to tell them that you want to stay here, and that's that. We'll, we'll do damage control. But still, I mean, the fact that he was interested in, and it couldn't come to buy it just, for, I mean, for Jamie, it's bad because, like with Pat Sullivan, when he, when he went back to TCU, it hurt his recruiting because, well, they're not sure if he's going to stay now. And I'm sure it was used against him in recruiting as well. But I think in Jamie's case, he wasn't going to leave TCU at all. But if, if but if UCLA did call, he, he this was probably the only job he'd leave them for. So I'm sure you, know, you hope that uh, TCU and their fans and recruits and whatnot, players, understand that. Because people can be real petty at times. But now they moved on to Rick Barnes, and Barnes is older, and his buyouts made like a few million dollars cheaper, but not much. You know, I'm not really what what to say about Rick Barnes. I mean, <clears throat> they had you know they had Steve Alford, and Alford took him to tournament. You know, four of his six years there, and of course, you know, last year they ended up in the first four. I mean, but uh, with Lonzo Ball, they ended up in the Sweet Sixteen. They won 31 games. I mean, but. Uh, for some reason, Usai just isn't happy with them. But I think really they want to they want to be able to compete. They want to get the tournament consistently, and not have these down years. Because I think it's I think it's really what gets them is they had Ben Helen got them to the Final Four, and then they had a bunch of down years after that, and where they didn't where they thought that Helen was building something, rebuilding again. And he really and just never came to fruition. Now they end up with um, with this, and I don't know where they go from here. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to get back to the uh, to, you know the finals. They will. I mean, with the right hire, they will. But they should look at Kentucky right now. I mean, Calipari's landing a whole bunch of recruits, and well, look at him. I mean, he he's won a championship with those guys, but not on a consistent basis. I mean, he's gone he's gone a bunch of lead eights, but. You can have you can have all the talent in the world on one roster, but that, that doesn't mean you're actually going to um. That doesn't mean you're actually going to win the title. But oh well. Yeah. Tough call, tough scene. Anyways, we got the final we got the final four that happened on Saturday, and we had two really good games. We had UVA and we had Auburn. 
We have Michigan State with Texas Tech. UV and Auburn was an awesome game. Those guys barely broke 60. But it was great. It was just really, I mean, really good defensive battle. I mean, what was great about Auburn was their they, their guards struggled, but their their bigs really stepped up. And once again, for the second game of the road, you had you had UVA snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. And I just don't understand why their their player Jerome. They were up ten points at that point. I think that I think maybe you, Auburn just cut the double digits. He makes a dumb foul, and he gets his fourth foul, and he's on the bench. And it was a really horribly dumb foul. And I just don't understand why he made that, because there was plenty of time on the clock in like, an, in like a six- to ten-point lead with like four minutes left. It, it was That's nothing in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's like the equivalent of, of, of ten minutes left still. And what you saw there was you saw Auburn only come back, but they, but they took the lead. So I'm not sure what the line of thinking was on that. But, of course, Auburn fouled a, um, <laughs> fouled, fouled a three-point shooter and with 1.5 seconds left, and that was it. And the guy made all three, all three of those free throws. I figured he'd make at least two or three, but he made all of them. And that's, that's the biggest pressure cooker there. I think really in the end what happened was, was Auburn fouled with 1.5 seconds left, and I have no idea why. I know they had a foul to give, and that's why, but at that point, UVA was about to throw a dis- desperation heave, and by the time that heave would have been, would have hit that backboard, the game would have been over. But they fouled anyway, and it just was bad luck. I mean, people were going to talk about the double dribble, but there was also a foul before the double dribble as well that they could have called, and they didn't. So... I think at the end of the day, the refs would have refs would have loved to have uh, you know called the double dribble, but you know I think they were more focused on the final sequences of the game, and they weren't really in the you know they weren't really you know tuned in to counting dribbles. I think they were worried about you know fouls more than fouls more than dribbles. But the uh, second game, Michigan State and Texas Tech was a snoozer for the most part. Second half of that towards the end. But um Cassius Winston I, I you know second half I was like there's a lot of calls fouls I think Cassius Winston and I mean the street ball I mean for one thing but the where not where in a good thing. Carl Krauss would play street ball and it would make a break pit. Sometimes it was fun to watch and he would do big things. Other times he would really screw us over the street ball where it would just go really bad for us. In this case, it went really bad for Michigan State. And on top of that, their bigs weren't as a serve as I thought they would be. And Texas Tech kind of you know dictated the game for most of it. And now you know not to mention they they made some big shots because their uh, their star player struggled, but their other guy stepped up, and well, that's why they're in the tournament and they're in the, they're playing for a championship tonight. So. As far as the game goes, I can say is that's it's, it's going to be an awesome one. I like UVA to win this one, and people are saying it's going to be a low scoring game, but I think it could be. I think it may be a high scoring game. I mean, it just depends on how Vegas goes. I mean, the, but yeah, but the, you know, have fun, make some bets, and if you do, go to my bookie.
And if you do, they will they'll match your deposit. Use the promo code armchair25. And you play, you win, they'll pay you. So check it out, you guys. So if you're gambling tonight, check out my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. But the, other than tonight's game, which I think it'll be, you know, it's it's crazy how Vegas can be. So I'm not sure what the over-under of the game is. But, you know, some people say it's going to be a very low-score game. It could be a high-scoring one. It just depends on which team shows up. And, you know, the way the world of gambling works in different ways, where you think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and all of a sudden these guys, they go crazy and start nailing shots. So I like UVA tonight. I think they, uh, they'll they close it out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech wins as well because they, they're just a hot team right now. And if you look at who they've beaten, I mean, Mark Few, Tom Izzo, John Bayline, I mean, they've – They've done really well for themselves. So you can't go wrong with either one. And you could say the Big 12 is probably due for a title because the last team to win one was Kansas, and that was in 08 with uh, with Bill Self. So you can probably say the Big 12 is due for a championship. Why not? But uh, as far as the rest of the stuff going on, I mean... You got some more Steelers drama still, and those guys are always got fun on Twitter, and that's just how it is. And I'm not really, you know, focused on that too much. I mean, that's just going to be the way it always is with those guys. I mean, until they step on the football field. And of course, I'm looking on Twitter now, and I see Jose Canseco is fighting with Chase Bank, and I have no idea why. And, um,. You know, the Bust of the Lucker podcast, you know, check those guys out as well. I think it's just one guy. But um, he's talking about the most annoying things that happens during sporting events. And for me, it was always for Steeler games when in the middle of a play, you'd have a guy trying to make his way to the freaking, you know, to his seats. And, of course, obstructing your view. And, of course, you have to stand up. You have to obstruct everybody else's view. But as, you know, as far as that, there's not much else going on sports-wise, you know, today. Oh, of course, we had the Pirates bench-clearing bra from yesterday. And, you know, that's how it always happens when you when you admire your home runs. You're going to get either hit – either you're going to get hit the next at bat or somebody's going to um, – you know, or it, your next guy's going to get it or you're going to get your next at bat. That's, always, that's the way it's always been with these unwritten rules and it just is what it is. It's just a thing. But anyways, guys, I got nothing else to talk about today, so I'm going to let you have the rest of your Monday. Have a fun one. Hell to pit. Bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.